Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of His Word so that you can live for Him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. Hey friend, if you're listening to this episode on the day that it launches, we have something fun to celebrate. And even if you're not listening to it on launch day, it's still something to celebrate. I have a sweet friend, a sweet new friend named Nicole Zazowski, and she is on the podcast today. And we're interviewing and we're chatting all things her new book that just released into the world called What If It's Wonderful? Release your fears, choose joy, and find the courage to celebrate. I don't know if you can relate, but sometimes we're a little bit afraid as people to get excited, to get our hopes up because honestly, struggles happen, life happens, things don't go according to our plans and we can be disappointed, hurt, or feel like God doesn't really care. And so sometimes we don't feel confident in getting our hopes up, but Nicole is here to talk about how to release our fears and trust God and that there's so much joy and hope in Him. We talk about how to celebrate your life, how to do stories of celebration, and also how to have hope and joy even when there are going to be inevitable disappointments and sin in this world. This is such a breath of fresh air kind of conversation, and I really hope you love it. We'll have Nicole's book linked in the show notes too, so make sure to check it out if this really resonates with your heart. I love you, friend. I'm so excited to talk with you today. Thank you for sticking in here with me. Let's get to it. Hey, Nicole, thank you for being on the show today. I have been looking forward to this for a long time. 
we made it. We are sitting down. We are having this conversation, and I am overjoyed. Nicole, as we start here, before we get into all the nitty-gritty, because there's just so much we need to unpack today that I'm so excited to, um, but before we do that, would you mind introducing yourself and letting our friends know here a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why we're celebrating today? <laughs> oh, and well, first of all, Tara, thanks for having me. I just Love you, love your work, and I'm really excited to get the chance to talk with you. I feel like we're having coffee on different coasts here. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I am a marriage and family therapist. I live in Connecticut, just right outside New York City with my husband and three young children, two boys and a baby girl who's just turned one. Um, And I have written two books, the first one, From Lost to Found, and this one out today, I believe, or something around here. Today. Um, (laughs) Is uh, What If It's Wonderful. That's amazing. I love, love getting to hear everything about you. When I read the book and started following you online, it was so cool to hear um, just how passionate you are about marriage and family and just being Um, you know, licensed and certified in that. It's so encouraging to me from that biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. And I've loved reading this new book, which is what we're going to dive into today. Nicole and I were talking before we started recording and we're like, this book is like, I love how God's word side note is just so timeless. Like every Mm -hmm. single truth invades any time period and it's so applicable for any moment. But we were talking about how this this book and what we're going to be talking about in this conversation today is something that seems to hit home or seems like it will hit home for a lot of us. And so I'm really looking forward to diving into that. But um, thank you for introducing yourself. Before we keep going, something I like to do on the podcast is to ask my friends what they're loving. Um, it's kind of like I'm not condoning this, but like Oprah's favorite things, like, <laughs> like I mean, that's what I equate it to or like a YouTube favorite. So I want to know, it could be literally the craziest, most random thing, but like I want to know what you're loving because we've had so many people like share so many amazing suggestions and people are like, I had never heard of that or like that makes my life so much more fun. So if you have something, Nicole, we would love to hear it. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I have two. Is that okay? Yes, go. Yes, the more the merrier. (laughs) Um, So two things that are sort of unexpected, but just make my life a little bit easier and just a little bit more delightful doing things I already do. So the first, it's like a, it's like a paper towel roll shape. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but it's a Kleenex box that's like a long cylinder Whoa. And it fits in your cup holder in your car. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Amazing. I'm like, for this time of year in Connecticut, just to be able to wipe runny noses, including my yeah. Um, right. I mean, I won't go into detail for your poor listeners, but I, I yeah, the, the number of things I have improvised with in the car is a little astounding. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're not alone. You're not alone. <laughs> it's nice to just have it right there. It's yeah. all contained. It's easy, easily accessible. Wow. Yeah. So that's been great, especially for the, the drippy nose, cold weather time of year. Yep. Yep. And then my mom for Christmas is like a little stocking stuffer got me these eucalyptus tablets. They're, they're kind of like a bath bomb consistency, but they're mm-hmm. like a uh, picture, like a silver dollar size, okay. bigger than a quarter, but 
but small and flat. Um, and you put them in the bottom of your shower. And when your oh. shower heats up, it's like a spa. It just infuses your shower wow. with this like eucalyptus scent. And mm-hmm. I, I am not, I'm very particular about my scents. I get, I get pretty bad migraines. So yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like, like a lot of perfumes I'm really sensitive to, but this is sure. so fresh and clean and spa-like that, wow. yeah, I'm almost out of them and I'm going to have to find out where she got them to yeah. <laughs> stock. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. When you find out, like post it to your Instagram or text me or something, because I need to know Absolutely. <laughs> where they're, I will where they're from. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So, you know, I've seen a bunch of people like on Pinterest or like on Instagram, like they take like literal eucalyptus leaves and they put them in their shower and it looks really cool. But I'm going to be honest when I'm in the shower, especially like, I mean, when I'm doing like the whole, like wash your hair, shave routine, like you don't need, like we don't have like this huge walk-in shower. And so like, I I need to be like on a mission. Like I can't have all this cluttery stuff. Right. And so something like that actually sounds like way more like functional but also yeah. like super relaxing yeah oh no it takes up obviously no room it's not like having yeah plants hanging from your from your shower as lovely as right <laughs> sure as like pinteresty and aesthetic that is right. it's not always yeah. especially when you have kids i'm sure <laughs> yeah no it's just yeah wouldn't <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I love those favorites. We're kind of going through colds. It's it's kind of, or not cold season, yes. But then also just allergies are ramping back up, I think, mm-hmm. for everyone. Mm-hmm. So like literally, those are so fun. Yeah. Again, we have never gotten like one that is ridiculous. All of them are so fun to everyone's lives. And like, I don't know. I just, I love me a good long shower. And I think I'm trying to savor them more, especially knowing that I don't know. By the time this podcast episode comes out, I might have a baby. Who knows? But <laughs> we're, we're going to pray for that. Yes. Let's hope that he's not late. Yeah. I mean, I know that he'll come when God wants him to come, but right. man, I, <laughs> please come on your due date. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh boy. But I'm just trying to cherish those moments, mm-hmm. you know, by myself. That's what everyone keeps saying. So. Yep. There's no going back after that, which oh. is a beautiful thing. You'll, you'll love him and love being a mom. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a season that you will not you will not repeat in your life. <laughs> right, right, right. Good things and different things yeah. about it. I won't say bad, but good things and different things about it for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so fun! Thank you for sharing those. Literally, such a fun way to start the episode, in my opinion. Um, but to get to the real meat of the of the episode today, um, as this episode comes out, if you're listening to it, friends, on the day that it launches, March eighth, Tuesday. Nicole's book, What If It's Wonderful, has officially launched into the world. And if you're not listening to this on launch day, it's okay. It's still in the world. Like, it's out there now. So we're celebrating that today, which celebrates actually a big word about this book. But again, Nicole, I'm going to let you share a little bit about that. I'm super excited about this. I've gotten to read through it, and it's blessed me. But, you know, for those listening who, you know, are just wanting to get a copy or just hearing about it, why don't you tell us a little bit more about how God led you to write this book and maybe why you're so passionate for the world to read it? Sure. I was reflecting on this the other day because I remember telling a friend when I was, when God was stirring in my heart to actually share this message and take it from something that I was working through personally and actually put it on the page. I, I had this hesitation because I thought, 
I'm, I'm not the joy girl. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm a therapist. I tend to spend a lot of time in the pain. I'm not pain avoidant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love to process pain in a way that helps people find freedom. And so yeah. even, even still, I look at my book in the, t- with the title, what if it's wonderful? <laughs> and I'm, it, it almost, um, while I feel very connected to the story and truth inside it now, it's just, it's such a fun plot twist um, that, that God led me to, to write that because I would say left on neutral, I lean a little serious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the story, the story leading up to it was twofold. Um, God was sort of stirring two different things in my heart at the same time. I had gone through a prolonged season of pain and waiting, one that I had would characterize by change and loss. I don't mm-hmm. think any of our seasons are either all pain or all joy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think when we reflect on our lives, most of us can name seasons that lean a little in one direction or the other or sure. a lot in one direction or the other. Yeah. Um, and it had just been you know, a decade of a lot of change, a lot of um, misplaced hope, a lot of entitlements being ripped from my hands and just a lot of heartache. And as I started to come out of that season and experience more good news and more breakthrough in my life and more joy, I realized, oh my goodness, my joy is almost always accompanied by a tremendous amount of fear. Mm, um, wow. Celebration always felt like it came with a catch. I couldn't, I couldn't trust it. I, it felt easier to just keep my expectations low and um, hope felt like a really bad idea. Mm. Joy felt scary. It was just felt easier to do what I call flying low where I just prepare for the worst case scenario um, yeah. mm. and, and practice disappointment and rehearse disaster in an attempt to protect myself from heartache. And um, what I realized, though, is that I wasn't, I wasn't any more prepared for that heartache when it came and it didn't hurt any less. So I was mm, yeah. protecting myself from nothing, but I was protecting myself from a lot of delight along the way Mm, Um, because my eyes were so cast down, hypervigilant for what was, you know, what pain was lurking around the corner, uh, ready to disrupt my joy. And so I I finally had this moment where I was like, I am done missing out on my beautiful God-given life because I am busy preparing for the worst. Um, And I was really grieved, Kara. I felt... I realized that, yes, a lot of the loss was tangible pain and, mm-hmm. um, you know, heartache, but a lot of the loss was also my refusal to embrace the very good things that were happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that made me feel really sad. And, you know, I trust that God's promises are true. He's he's redeeming a lot of that, but it it was costly to me. It cost me a lot of connection in my relationships, um, and a lot of peace and joy in in the midst of 
both hard seasons and joyful seasons. Um, and along with that, one of the reasons I, the, the second thing um, that led me to write this is one of the reasons I was afraid to step into joy was because I realized I had no concept or very little concept of what it looks like to engage with God in my joy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Mm, yeah. Relationship I had with God in the dark, you know, where I was so aware of my need for him, his character became real to me in a totally different way in the midst of my pain. And that was precious to me. And so I was almost hesitant <laughs> to step into this new season because I realized that falsely I had pictured God sort of helping me to my place of joy. And then saying, you know, okay, have fun. Let me know when you need me again. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I was sad that as someone who grew up in the church and has have been a Christian nearly my whole life, that I did not have as clear of a picture of what it looked like to engage with God in the mm. light of my joy. And so I, I wanted to do a deep dive on that. What does it look like to for joy to be a avenue of spiritual and emotional growth in our lives it just can't be true that you know the, all the learning and growing happens in the valley i think obviously right. different things grow in the valley mm -hmm. <laughs> than on the mountaintop um and those are different life experiences but i think both can be of an avenue i know that both can be an avenue of uh, grace and truth and and growth with Christ. Right. Oh, I love I love that. And I think all of us can we're nodding our heads wherever we're at listening to this can relate to your testimony and and why God led you to write this. Just being a little bit afraid of, you know, like, oh gosh, like this really good thing happened, but I know that we live in a world where sin and suffering is promised, and so I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get too excited. And then that leaves us fearful, like you said. And so we, I think we can all relate to that, Nicole, 
but I love the emphasis on just really learning and engaging with the Lord in joy and in that hope because we hear a lot like, oh, have joy and, you know, be hopeful. But it's like, how can we move even further into that and understand what it truly is because we put a lot of emphasis on growing through the valleys like you Mm -hmm. said which yes you can but we're missing out a lot on the joy and the richness in that and and celebrating so I'm really really like thankful that you shared that and it was just honest and again like I said I think we can all think of times in our lives that are the same way and we will come through those seasons and those valleys but we can be equipped. And I think that's what I love about your book. So one of the main themes as I read, what if it's wonderful is how we as a people or a culture um, are afraid to get our hopes up that we're often afraid to enjoy the blessings and just be joyful in general. Um, And maybe, you know, we hear all these, we hear the sayings, get your hopes up or don't get your hopes up. Or we hear um, you're a glass half empty or a glass half full kind of person. Um, And so that's something that you talk about. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. So let's talk about the biblical grounds for this idea. It's no secret, like I said, that we live in this fallen, sinful world. And there are disappointments. We all know that. But like you said in your book, what if it's wonderful? How do we really come to terms with this? Mm. Yeah, I think the Bible story that illustrates this the most beautifully for me um, is the story in, we find in Luke 1 of Elizabeth and Zechariah. And I love this story for many reasons. Um, but I think we get such a picture of what it looks like to do it both ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Have an expectant heart and then to hesitate to get our hopes up. Um, and so just to recap for anyone who's not familiar with the story, you know, an angel of the Lord appears to Elizabeth and tells her, you're going to have a son. And we know that the son is, is ultimately John the Baptist. And Elizabeth and Zechariah are, the Bible says they're both a faithful couple. They, they love the Lord. They have served him for many years and they've both experienced, they're older and they've experienced years and years and years of infertility and, and being barren. And so I'm sure that they had written this off as um, just not going to be part of their story. And then the angel of the Lord says, no, you are pregnant and, um, your son is special and this, he's going to proclaim the name of the Lord. And, and Elizabeth is just, I, I say in the book, I want to have a heart like Elizabeth. Right. She just, yeah. She just, you know, because joy, I, I'm very clear is different than toxic pos- positivity. Toxic positivity mm. dismisses pain. Joy trusts God's promises in pain. Wow. And that's what Elizabeth is such a beautiful example and encouragement to us that even in the midst of her pain, she trusts God's promises and, and what is possible with God. She celebrates what is possible with God. Um, mm. Even in the midst of a story that would tell her otherwise. Um, so while my, my encouragement and my model is Elizabeth, I really relate to Zechariah <laughs> yes. story. and because the angel appears to him and says the same thing and gives him the same promise. And I love the promise. It's you will have a son and he will bring you joy and mm. delight. 
um, two of the main themes in, in my book. And those are his promises. And Zechariah is unable to trust the promise over the pain um, and, and wants proof before he's willing to get his hopes up, before he's willing to trust the promise. Right. And my goodness, can I relate to that? Like, can you just, can you just show me something that makes hope or celebration a good idea? Yeah. Um, and in this story, the angel actually silences Zechariah um, for, for a time period. But here's what I love. I get asked all the time. It's, it's one of my most frequently asked questions by readers and listeners, you know, in my direct messages on Instagram or through my website, you know, do you think we have to demonstrate a certain level of hope or a certain level of faith before God is willing to intervene in our circumstances? Mm, Wow. And here's what Zechariah shows us. Yes, he was silenced for a season, but God's faithfulness does not depend on our faith. God's goodness is not a function of our goodness because the, the promise is still there. He, he still is the father of John the Baptist. He gets to delight in his son. He finds joy in his son. Um, and so I just think there's a lot of joy in having an expectant heart and a lot of, yeah. a lot of um, celebration that comes from celebrating our gift with the giver of all gifts. Um, that's available to us when we're able to trust that promise. Wow. You dropped so many (laughs) just like amazing, just little nuggets of truth that I was just nodding along to. I'm so thankful that God's character and you're talking about his faithfulness, but it doesn't depend on our faith Mm -hmm. because if that were true, then it would reduce God to, to, nothing because we have moments where we're absolutely faithless when we're, yes, no. when, we're at, when we're absolutely depleted of, mm-hmm. of and we don't follow what God wants us to be so if that were the case God wouldn't be who he is and so man I'm so thankful about that and I'm I love how you made the distinction like you know we we're, we're told to get our hopes up and to be you know, glass half full peoples instead of half empty, you know, and, you know, sometimes we ask why, you know, what, what's the reason I think. And as Christians, you made that distinction. It's because of God's promises, because we have the Lord. It's very different from people who don't have the Lord, people that, um, aren't in relationship with him, which is sad, but it's true. It's like when in Christ, we have every reason to be expected and hopeful because of what mm-hmm. he's promised. And we can put our hope into something that is so firm and is so sure for us. And so I think that is the basis. And so I'm glad you kind of made that distinction because I think, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have any reason to be hopeful because they look at their circumstances, probably like Elizabeth and her husband, they're like, well, we're old and yeah, <laughs> you know, all this stuff, like, look at my life, Lord, we've served you. And it kind of seems like we're at the tail end of our life and circumstances don't look that way, but it's really cool because we can look above those circumstances, right. And look to the Lord and to his faithfulness. So Man, I love that. I'm so thankful for that. I think that is such a good biblical like nugget and mm. something that we don't really hear a lot. But I just appreciate the way that you love God's word even in yes. that story. Uh, it's encouraging to me. Aww. But 
Yeah. Another thing I wanted to chat about too is um, just looking at this idea. You know, we've talked about this already is that, you know, you said that in your story, which I can relate and I know our friends listening can relate is that sometimes we have a hard time looking forward to the future, to maybe even desiring things in our lives, whether that be marriage, whether that be kids, whether that be, you know, this or that. And we get a little bit afraid because we're like not really sure what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we we hear and we read that God is good in the Bible. People tell us, but we're afraid because we're afraid we're going to get let down. Maybe, and maybe that's it. Um, and that maybe things don't go according to our plan, yeah. whatever that looks like. And so I'd love if we could take a few moments and just talk about what God's word says, or maybe, you know, you've talked about this passage in the story, but maybe some other passages that have really grounded you through writing this book and then through life that remind you of, the hope and joy that we have in Christ. Yes. No, there's, there's two that come to mind. Um, the first is uh, where Jesus's followers, it's a larger group than the disciples. Um, but I think many of the disciples, if not all of them are included in that group. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, they're, they're given this um, power to perform a miracle. And they're so excited. Um, they've just seen God move, um, and in miraculous ways and they're celebrating that. Um, and they come back and, you know, scripture doesn't say exactly what their celebration or joy looks like, but we can imagine, you know, if, if we as a group witness something amazing, you know, they're high-fiving each other and they're so excited. Um, and, and Jesus response is, is more, of a caution. He admonishes Mm. them. He, he says, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but, um, you know, don't celebrate this too much because your, your true celebration is in heaven. Mm. Um, and I don't, this was not Jesus saying, don't have joy here on earth or don't delight in the gifts that I give you. I, Mm -hmm. you know, Christ, I think loves giving his children gifts and, and loves to see us delight in those gifts and feel joy. And, you know, joy is one of the gifts we have available to us in the spirit. Uh, Right. And so I, I certainly don't think that Jesus was saying um, it is wrong to feel joy or you could not ever celebrate the movement that I give you in this life, um, or that's possible through the spirit. But what he was saying is don't expect more joy from the gift than it was meant to give. Um, so, so many of us, we desire good things. Like you mentioned a few marriage, a relationship, um, community, Mm-hmm. a child like these are these are wonderful things that are not wrong to want and they are certainly not wrong to celebrate when you see breakthrough in those areas of your life but any gift that's in the wrong place or if we're expecting more joy from a gift than it was mm-hmm. meant to give yeah jesus is warning us you are going to be disappointed you are going to feel empty after a while, after this rubs off, um, the glitter on this moment rubs off and enjoy the glitter. Just don't expect 
more from it, and especially in terms of your identity and feeling secure. That's good. Um, don't expect more from it than it was meant to give because your celebration will, will turn to disappointment. Yeah. Um, another concept, you know, different language for the same idea is just this idea of, you know, your, your ideas, your loves being rightly ordered. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So I say that what sits at the center of your affection will determine the satiation of your joy. So if there's only one who belongs at the center and that's Christ, mm-hmm. if anything else is at the center, you will not be satisfied. Yeah. Um, and, and so I love that because it doesn't, it, it leaves room for celebration. I think Jesus absolutely celebrated earthly pleasures and, and um, relationships and the good things of this life that he gives us. It's just not, it's only an appetizer for the joy that will ultimately be available to us in Christ. Hmm. Wow. I really, really appreciate that because mm-hmm. what I what I kept hearing or just what I kept just like landing on my heart when you were talking is just our, where our satisfaction comes from, mm-hmm. right? Like you said, we have all the reason to, to be joyful. Jesus says to be joyful and to have hope, but just because of the way that we're wired, because we wrestle with like that old man, you know, and, and the new flesh that we have, just we kind of have this wrestle between sin and our new life. I'm not saying we don't have victory over it, but we do still struggle. And so Jesus recognizes that. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Like you're not going to fe- feel fulfilled if you put your identity, like you said, Nicole, you put your identity, you put your worth or your satisfaction in in that celebration and that accomplishment rather than, than Christ. Yeah. Um, and so I think think that's important to 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 share because I think I could say day in and day out to have joy and get your hopes up but um sometimes uh that can be focused on the wrong things on like more of the gift rather than the giver right like we hear that a lot and so I think that is so so important to make the distinction I'm I'm personally side note learning a lot (laughs) I I am so it's so fun to be able to talk to person who wrote this and just to hear their heart and um just really thankful for how biblically sound mm-hmm. you are and it's it's just really encouraging to yeah. side note but thank you yeah of course of course this is this is the conversations that I love to have because it's hard but good things and um kind of you just you dig into a little bit deeper into what it is you know especially this idea so Again, like I've just kept saying, I've I've loved reading this book, and I love getting to celebrate it today, as it comes out, as the episode comes out into the world, it's launch day, but we'll celebrate it Yay. for forever. Um, <laughs> but today, it's really fun to celebrate it and talk about it. But again, like I said, I think it's a it's a perfectly timed launch. The Lord's timing as always, when we let him do his thing is always perfect. And so I'm excited about this book for this time. But a verse that I had come to my mind when we were preparing for this conversation was um, Psalm one twelve seven, mm. and you know it's you know this, you guys have heard this verse before. I'm just going to paraphrase it, but where we're uh, we live in a world where we're people that constantly fear bad news, but this passage David says that we don't actually don't have to do that, and so. Um, Nicole, you talk a lot about how the world needs more stories of celebration, mm. stories of celebration. So as we close this conversation, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about what a story of celebration is, why it's important, and um, why we should start cultivating those for ourselves. 
Yes. So, you know, in Revelation, and I'll, I'll paraphrase as well, but um, it says that we will, we will overcome by the, the stories of our victory. <laughs> and, mm, yeah. and I think often we imagine a change in circumstance or we imagine that our joy is on the far side of a dream realized or a goal achieved. And we sort of enter a new season and we think, ah, it's, it's one of the reasons that New Year's was historically such a hard time for me um, or transitions are really hard for me. But I, I realized I was entering new seasons and thinking, well, I hope I have a reason to celebrate today um, yeah. or I hope I have a reason to celebrate in, in this year or this season. And it just takes the... Uh, the the choice and the empowerment that God has given us out of the equation when we think that our joy is only connected to a change of venue or circumstance. Mm. Wow. Um, and that's, you know, I love breakthrough and good news. And when uh, we get to celebrate something obvious like that, <laughs> yes. um, and, and certainly I'm not diminishing that joy. I, the last thing I want to do is say that the experience of happiness is somehow wrong or, or not holy because absolutely we should celebrate when God moves like that in our lives. It's just not a complete picture of joy um, mm. available to us in Christ. And so the last third of the book is how no matter what's going on in your life, no, I, I don't know what season the reader or listener is going to be in when they come to my book, but right. I want where whoever is listening to know that w your season does not disqualify you from the truths in this book. It's written very specifically um, for people who might be in a season of harvest and joy and rest and also in seasons um, that are confusing, in seasons that feel really painful and dark, um, it's, it's for both. And so I got really pr practical in that last third, just how do we cultivate celebration in our everyday lives and all of these practices do not require any change to occur in your life. So um, it's not it's not something that's on, you know, that you need to experience this in order to practice celebration. Mm. Uh, these are practices that you can start today, no matter what. Um, a few of my favorites, the, the first one I'll mention is savoring. And I love savoring because savoring celebrates the ordinary. Mm. Our brain is very efficient. It only likes to hang on to obvious things that it think it yeah. thinks it needs to hang on to, either painful right. or or really you know significant celebrations. So because it's so efficient, we have to help it record and savor joys throughout our day that it might be tempted not to notice and certainly not to hang on to. Yeah. So the way that we do this is we just take an ordinary moment. Um, like my kids, the chaos of my kids eating breakfast in the morning. I'll go with that. And we ask our five senses what they're going to remember about that memory. So I'm 
hearing the, the, their giggles and the clamor of the dishes on the countertop. I have the taste of lingering lukewarm coffee in my mouth that I'm probably going to nurse all day long. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I'm, I'm feeling um, my infant's head, the little fuzz under my chin as I'm holding her and the weight Mm. of her in my arms. Um, Let's see. I am smelling the coffee brewing in the room. Um, let's see, which, which one am I missing here? Taste. Oh, and I just, you know, see their little faces and the way mm-hmm. they're looking at each other and, um, you know, their little round cheeks that I know don't last forever, but I wish would. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and when you ask your five senses, what they're going to carry forward, they will, um, maybe not a hundred percent, but it becomes a memory that you can hold. Um, and, and it will be fingerprints of God's faithfulness as you move forward, um, where your brain would not naturally celebrate those things, but it's just asking you to celebrate what's already happening. You know, I, celebration is not necessarily adding something to your life. I think more often than not, it's savoring what you might be tempted to miss. Um, and the second one I'll mention um, is Thanksgiving. And I love this because we talk a lot about gratitude and gratitude is really about noticing and naming the joys in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just helps you see differently. It shifts your perspective in a more joyful direction. Uh, But what we don't often talk about is that Thanksgiving, the experience of actually expressing the gratitude that we feel um, is a way of celebrating the gift with the giver. So if you're thankful for someone's presence in your life and the difference they've made to how you think or how you feel or how um, this season has been for you, you know, actually writing it down in a note, it's even better when you can paraphrase that note to them in person and actually share with them, hey, I just want you to know the diff- how different my life is because you're in it. You've changed me for the better. Um, and the joy that is experienced by both parties in that moment is like throwing gasoline on the joy that, that we glean from gratitude. It just expands it and explodes it in a great way. Hmm. Um, and I've incorporated more of this not only in my interpersonal relationships, but in my prayers you know, if God is the giver of all good gifts, then getting, you know, it's an Thanksgiving is an avenue of connecting with him in our joy. Right. Um, I started the episode by, by sharing that I had no clue what it looked like to cultivate an intimate relationship with Christ in the light of my joy. And Thanksgiving is one of the best ways to do that. Hmm. I love that. And You'll have to read the rest of the book for. Right. There's a ton of really practical <laughs> ideas in there, but it's made yes a huge difference for me. You know, I I say that this book has changed my life, and it has. Hmm. But more more accurately, the message in this book is changing my life. Um, yeah, because these are things that I am still practicing and have made all the difference for me. Hmm. 
See, that's so encouraging is that we're all, even though Nicole wrote this book, like the Lord has brought it to this time and he's using it for her, not just us, not just anyone oh, who listens girl. to it. <laughs> Man, I, I mean, I love that. I think that's the amazing thing about it. It humbles you. Yes. It reminds you how powerful the truth is. And I think for the most part, when you read a book from an author like Nicole, just know that they don't have it all figured out but that they're humbly just being like, okay, this is what God's teaching me. This is what God's word says. It's hard, but we're going to, you know, we're going to do it together. So yeah. um, I love that. There are so many practical nuggets. Like, I'm just like, man, I need to like, I need like a notebook. I need to like <laughs> mark this up. It's, it's so good. So it's a great mix of the practical, um, but also starting with, with the why, which I love and, and why God's word says it's important. And it's like, here's how we do it. So I think that's amazing. I've loved this book. I've loved, um, just getting to follow along and see what God's doing and celebrate it. And it's, it's done a really good work on my heart because it can be, I don't know. I mean, I love getting to celebrate. I, you know, I speak a lot about joy, but then, you know, you come into circumstances in your own life and it's hard. And so this is when we need it. And, um, just to know that it just grows us deeper to the Lord, even, mm-hmm. even in our joy, not just the Valley. So I'm so thankful for you, Nicole. Just love your heart. Love you. And excited to, um, just share this, this message with, the podcast family. So as we close, since it's launch day or literally whenever they're listening to it, would you share where people can find the book and where people can follow you on social media just to keep up um, not only with the book stuff, but just what God's doing in your life? Absolutely. I love hearing from listeners and readers. I try to respond to every message. I'm sure I don't do that perfectly, but um, (laughs) love it when people reach out. And so you are welcome to, uh, first of all, you can buy the book wherever you like to buy books. If you have a favorite local bookstore and if they don't have it, I'm sure they can order it for you. Of course, it's on Amazon as well. Um, and I, you can connect with me on my website, um, which is just Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E, Zazowski, Z as in zebra, A-S-O-W-S-K-I.com. And I'm just at Nicole Zazowski on Instagram, which is definitely the social media platform I hang out the most, Um, but Facebook too, um, and would love to hear from you. Perfect. And I will have everything linked so it's easy to go there. Her last name sounds more complicated than it actually is, so don't be afraid of it. Yes. It's it's (laughs) quite phonetic, but it it sounds overwhelming. (laughs) No, it is. It's beautiful and fancy. I love it. Um, But, oh my gosh, thank you again for taking the time to sit down here, Nicole, and just share with us. I, again, feel like, yes, it was like a coffee conversation with all of us. And so thank you for your time. I know it's a busy season, but man, we're thankful for this message. We're we're excited and we're, we're celebrating with you. Oh, thanks so much, friend. And this was such a sweet conversation for me and uh, to the listeners. Thanks for listening in.